1: Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money.
2: Don't be shy. Super kind of important rule of the show to make it a little bit more enjoyable for all of us. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Last Monday, we were greeted with a very down day. Type of down day where it leads to other down days. Maybe not that day. Maybe a week later. Maybe a month later. But basically, it set the stage for some volatility to come in. So the volatility is tied towards maybe a little bit of who's going to be president. What's their relationship going to be like with China? What will the Federal Reserve do if the world continues to slow as it should when there's a trade war between China and the United States? So it's collateral damage on a lot of levels we got below fare value following a turbulent week on Wall Street as far as the markets looked to open lower today, and they did. That should not come as a major surprise. Um, like I said, last week kind of introduced this variable of uh, now that you've checked that 3% kind of bad day, it tends to lead to other bad days. What you don't want is a slow bear market. Let me tell you, it is incredibly annoying to have a market that pulls back two or three points a day for a year. Only to be like, oh, we're down 200 or 300 points. You kind of want to get it all over with. Um, With that said... Uh, don't read too much into this. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 1220 to get your call on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. So there's no big China-U.S. trade relations focal point change, except for we are now paying attention on a weekly basis to their yuan and how it's pegged versus the dollar. So if they lower their yuan and let their yuan be... Weekend, it would allow them to be do trade easier with other countries because you're getting a discount per se. The IMF stated after Friday's close that China has not manipulated the yuan as of yet, and that it remains broadly in line with economic fundamentals. You might remember that Trump on Monday of last week, or maybe on the weekend, accused China of manipulation. The IMF is saying, nope, that's not the case. So the 10-year Treasury is still in the news. 169, 169. That's in a pretty distressed area. I want to kind of repeat that just for a second. That's in a pretty distressed area, 169. It's telling you that it thinks the economy is going to stink. That you'll be better off in the next 10 years getting 1.69% returns than, say, maybe market returns. That 169 should be about where inflation hits. Hmm. What do you think about those kind of returns? Roku's big winner-winner chicken dinner today. Needham gave it a street-high price target of $150 a share. Whoa. It's currently at $134. They are doing some things pretty well. As far as the streaming wars go, who's going to be the ultimate hardware winner? They're in the game. And by this point in time, with other technology trends, they would have been out of the game. Companies like Palm Pilot didn't stay in the phone game very long. Apple's got some research out on them today. Longbow is a research uh, firm. They're out suggesting Taiwanese suppliers are continuing to see positive growth year over year. So maybe the death of Apple's hardware is a little bit exaggerated. Keep in mind, it's very, very anemic and small. If they didn't do such large buybacks, it would look even smaller and more anemic. We got negative search trend dynamics from Baidu and Google. So, um, let's see. The current analysis is for suppliers. We expect a bumpy quarter given the recent risk of additional tariffs, which have the potential to dampen demand and impair profitability the second half products later this year. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. You know, Apple introduces their new phones typically in September. It's like, whoa, it's August. It's middle of August. Like, my, oh, my, the years do fly by. You with me against me? got to pick a side. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. We do have that um, Friday big seminar event coming up at The Money Show. You can learn more about it by going to kdow.biz, hitting on The Money Show, and or going to newfocusfinancial.com and hitting on The Money Show. Not a lot of ripping stories today. Um, Like I said, some analyst commentary. Um, Apple, not enough to really move the market on its own today. Steve Madden, which is a company that you will always look at differently after seeing The Wolf of Wall Street, they acquired privately held Great Brand. They're a leading digitally native footwear brand specializing in premium sneakers made in Italy. Uh, with a majority of products sold direct to consumer on greats.com as well as in the flagship retail store located in Soho district of New York. That's an interesting acquisition. Think of tech companies and like, what could Apple acquire to make themselves more relevant? Like maybe Netflix, right? Yeah, no. If you don't kidding. think of a shoe company necessarily going out and getting Italian sneakers compete with like the Microsoft sneakers, right? AMD has kind of been embattled recently. They have kind of an interesting 2020 setting up. They are going to be in the new Xbox. They're going to be in the new PlayStation. And they're still the number two player, for better or for worse, with NVIDIA in the graphic processing world. Um, AMD's price targets seem... Moved to about forty-four bucks. It's currently a thirty-four-dollar stock. They get a lot of business from Google Cloud as well as uh, HP and Dell. Um, there's a Cray announcement in there as well. So there's a lot of good announcements, a lot of good things to come. But the company was overpriced. It's interesting to watch from a distance. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show don't be shy about getting in touch with me in any way, shape, and or or form. Um, Interesting, back to Roku, it's kind of like sometimes you come back to these things. You know, Needham said it's $150 stock. They say relative strategic positions of Roku versus Netflix. Um, Netflix has been under fire recently because Disney Plus is coming out later this year. And a lot of people see the end of the road for Netflix as far as um, launching planes on and off the runway without any traffic. Now there's going to be more traffic. So Roku is Needham's top mid-cap pick for 2019 and they're raising the Roku target to 150 based on they prefer Roku over Netflix. In the world of streaming, Netflix was the only player. Roku's value proposition to advertisers is growing, that's for sure dominant internet aggregator for stream TV and movie content. That's for sure. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com oh, when, the girl, when,
1: the girl, when the girls knock, When the girls When the girls Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and much, much more. CNBC did a nice piece on what's the magical number on retirement. It's $1.7 million. According to this article, according to this time, that number is going to change a little bit, but it's probably going to get bigger as you get older. Keep that in mind. Let's bring in Christine Benz. Christine Benz is going to be at the Money Show. You can find out more by going to kdow.biz and signing up for the Money Show. It is this week. Um, How are you, Miss Benz? Let's see if we can try that again. Christine Benz, the Money Show, San Francisco. Sounds like we're having some technical difficulties, so maybe my producer will let me know when we get that going up and going. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The Money Show San Francisco is going to be August 15th through the 17th. It's a lot of focus on stocks, on income, on growth, a lot of face-to-face, a lot of... um, Preeminent economists Economist of the Day, renowned advisors, top-performing money managers. You can find out more about The Money Show San Francisco, August 15th through the 17th at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square Hotel. We hope to see you there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, a little bit of protest in Hong Kong is looming over the weekend. And it kind of bled into the markets on Monday. There is a new report out of CNBC, which you have to take these as very much so. I'm not going to say grains of salt. but Bank of America is raising the chance of a recession to one in three in the next 12 months. So Bank of America sees a greater than 30% chance of recession in the next year based on recent data. They see some uh, economic indicators that are flashing yellow, signaling a coming recession. Economist Ethan Harris says the bright spot of the economy is initial jobless claims remain at very low levels. Recession risk is rising. Uh, The bank's global economist now sees a greater than 30% chance of recession in the next year. Would you change your investment philosophy based on a one-in-three chance of a recession? Let's say say you're right and there is a recession. Would you change your investment philosophy? My big question for you is why and what would you actually do? So they say, Bank of America says, that the probability of recession over the next 12 months is only pegged at 20%, but because they're throwing some subjective data into it, it eventually leads them to a one in three Obviously, the big issue is the uncertainty around the U.S.-China trade war and a global economic slowdown that would happen to come out of it has caused interest rates to tumble. Interest rates are considered to be very smart, so the when 10-year Treasury dumps to 169 or 168, wherever it's at today, it's telling you that something's going to happen. Last month's job report showed a strong consumer, but business investment is low as investors and business owners juggle new tariffs and fiscal policy uncertainty. That's an interesting call. I'm not going to say it's a right call or what have you, because I like the fact that they're trying to get ahead of it, because I, I don't think most people do. Um, I would be cautious on the word recession has a very, in my opinion, kind of a... I gotta make sure I don't say something that I'm not supposed to say anymore. It might have a kind of negative connotation, the word the R word. See what I'm kinda of playing at with that? The R word. Grown man can't say recession. <laughs> like what's wrong with me? Facebook's in the news today. They're reportedly ditching plans, or they reportedly ditch plans to buy a social networking competitor. They thought about buying a company called House Party, but abandoned the deal due to fears of greater antitrust concerns. That's the video chat app that I think can tie in 16. Does that sound about right? 16 video streams, so it's like a giant, huge Brady Bunch. I know you're saying Brady Bunch. Remember how the the show started? With a three-by-three tic-tac-toe grid. Here's a story. A lovely lady. And it showed her in the middle with her three daughters and story of a man named brady that showed him with three of his kids so they suddenly covered up eight of the nine squares and you're like who's gonna be the last one who's gonna be the last one and it was alice so the video chat app isn't gonna be alice in the middle but it is what it is i suppose right um facebook was in advanced discussions with house party but ended a deal after it became clear that acquiring another social media company would be too risky House party allows users to video chat with... Oh, 24 people. Um, uh, Is popular? No. It's multiple users. It's up to age 20. It's typically popular at 24. It was acquired in June by Fortnite Maker Epic Games. Okay, yeah. Facebook's going to be basically on call at this point in time that don't go out and buy new companies. Chick-fil-A in the news. Man, I hate Chick-fil-A. What I hate about Chick-fil-A is not the chicken or the filet or how they spelt filet. You know, chicken isn't considered quality like, you know, a filet steak, right? So they had to put a capital A in it to make it like A plus Prime Prime and to make the chicken filet stand, stand out. It's a privately held chain and the third largest in the United States by sales. Chick-fil-A is rolling out a new menu item. Mac and cheese. I hate mac and cheese. I wonder how many people mac and cheese kills in America every day compared to cigarettes, right? I know. We never really talk about that. But it's Chick-fil-A's first permanent side edition since so 2016. It rarely changes their menu. And the thing I hate about Chick-fil-A is how much people talk about how they love Chick-fil-A. I'm like, it's just Chicken. But a slimmer menu helps the southern chain focus on menu staples like it's chicken sandwich and keep service fast. So they are now the nation's third largest restaurant chain by sales. Interesting, right? An average Chick-fil-A restaurant that's not in a mall pulls in $5.7 million a year. Unbelievable. Chick-fil-A is also rolling out Frosted caramel coffee for a limited time. The quick service restaurants, the fast food—they're doing everything they can to come up with like a frosted caramel coffee, anything that will drive a weird taste into their restaurant more than once. They got to—they got to keep it kind of all that in a bucket of chicken, so to speak. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We were supposed to have Christine Benz on this morning, but we're having technical difficulties. She'll be at the Money Show this week. Hopefully, we can get her on later this week, but I don't know. Can't figure out if it's her phone or it's our our equipment, but it is a problem to say the least. Um, she's one of those financial experts that I think does a really, really nice job of educating people, of getting people involved in the markets, of getting people involved in their four hundred one k. I think that kind of work is some of the most noble work in the industry. I know it sounds kind of weird to say because it's a well-paying job, and I'm calling it noble, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, Because I don't think most people are going to like retirement unless someone gets you excited to do something about it. Um, And that's sadly kind of where I'm standing at with this. Take someone to excite you and get you kind of motivated. When I listen to CFP Chad Burton, I'm intimidated by what I don't know. When I listen to myself, I'm like, whoa, we got to start saving money. We should have started a couple years ago. Why didn't we start a couple years ago? And I'm mad at myself kind of thing. Um, I think there's kind of an intimidation as far as the the data that's out there that a lot of people just are don't really want to get to know it. Chad knows it. You hear him, he knows it. And you're like, whoa. So he and I are going to be doing a big event at the Money Show in San Francisco this Friday. You can learn more about the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Car prices are approaching $40,000 for a new car. I don't know what they were when I was young. I could easily look it up. But I guess what I wanted to kind of say out loud, if I could, is that it seems like the average car was 18000 you know, But again, I'm going on what I was watching on TV, not necessarily what I was following in the, you know, the Kelly Blue books and such. So you go 20, 25 years ago and you're 18,000 to where they are now, 40,000, you're like, whoa. So now there is some leanings that new cars should stop seeing a sticker price rising. Again, these are just leanings. These aren't set in stone. I don't know what your preferences are for faux leather or nice leather or big audio system or small audio system. I can tell you you'll instantly regret getting a DVD player put in the car because DVDs are like dodo birds, right? So there's a confluence of issues happening that could make the rise in car prices slow. Doesn't mean they'll be cheap. And it doesn't mean that the advice of buying a slightly used vehicle makes less sense, because slightly used vehicles got a lot of depreciation rolled into it, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Automakers have been offering deal packages now, and they're rising. Up 27% year over year, and up 9.7% from a month earlier. Okay. So, packaging... The average sticker price of a new vehicle reached $39,500 in the first part of 2019. Americans paid an average of about $37,030 versus $39,500. That's when all the discounts are factored in. Don't you hate buying a car? I do. Man, I hate the whole process. The average sticker price of a new vehicle... $39,500. Thirty-nine thousand five hundred. It's kind of got that forty thousand threshold right there, huh? GM boosted incentives seven hundred and forty bucks per vehicle in July. That's heavily discounted, and they're competing with uh, some of the names that they're cutting at GM. Cutting, um, striking deals is the better way to say that. The Buick Enclave and the Chevy Traverse. You want to hear sad? I don't know cars. I'm like, that's a red one. Ah, that's a nice brown one. I like the color of brown this summer. So Ford only increased incentives by $330, which kind of says, it, who's who's better prepared, GM or Ford? A lot of people in the industry think uh, the deals are extreme. So moving to another reason why car prices might not be going higher in the short term, is dealers are under pressure to get rid of you know, that 2019 before it's 2020. And it's da, da 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 It's August! What is August? We're late in the year now. Dealers are supposed to be transitioning to next year's models, but this year they're behind. They're trying to offload vehicles at a quicker pace. They're struggling. In July, 90% of vehicles on dealer lots were from 2019. That's the highest percentage in the last 10 years. They're just not moving very much. So there's going to be more deals coming. Because who wants a 2019 and 2020? Only 7% of the vehicles on lots right now in the month of July were for 2020. That's the lowest level in 10 years as well. Another reason that prices may not be going up is We've kind of become a nation of a couple of trucks. There's the Ford F-150. There's, you could probably name them, right? The Toyota Tacoma, the Toyota Tundra. the Silverado. You could probably name them. The Colorado Silverado. Just name a Colorado Western. Anyway, competition for SUVs and trucks are heating up. SUVs are largely responsible for the auto industry's overall price increases at 39500 71% of vehicle sales were SUVs in the second quarter. Cross-ups or crossovers or pickups. So nearly three out of every four is not a sedan, right? Competition's intensified. Discounts are popping up. More cars are sitting in the lot. Discounts are coming, right? It's all adding up. It's a confluence of events to equal uh, car prices may not have the pop that we want them to. It's a big industry in the United States. You get the dealer, you get the dealer services, you get the um, finance manager, or the salesperson, you get a couple secretaries in there. As I used to refer to them, but you no longer can in the hashtag Me Too movement. Sexy terries can't say it anymore. Can't say it anymore. Whether it's a male or a female, can't say it. I'm going to do a whole show on things he can't say anymore. Something tells me it's going to be at least a week long. Look back. Sweet. Some big discounts at Nissan because they're not Toyota and they're not Ford. They're discounting the Rogue four thousand bucks, the Murano seven thousand dollars. they're kind of in a rock and a hard place when you throw a year on something, right? It's like the milk industry. The moment they say this expires on July 7th, or let's say August 12th, you look at your milk carton and you go, holy mackerel, what's going on with this? So that milk carton creates a situation Um where you have to throw it away or it loses value, right? Every day that stays on the shelf. You ever been to like a Safeway and got the meat that expires that day? It's, it's a substantial price off. You wonder what it's going to be the next day. Where's the beef? So on top of these three things that are lowering competition and increasing sales, increasing discounts, not increasing sales, but trying to increase sales, SUV competition is heating up. Dealers are under pressure to move last year's model or this year's model before it's next year. You got discounts are starting to rise because they're all trying to get your dollar before your dollar goes away. And finally, sales are falling. The peak U.S. new vehicle sales, probably somewhere near 17 million. And this year, we're at $16.7 million for 2019 is what we're looking at. That's a healthy number, but it's down 500000 from 2018. Automakers are increasingly focusing on less profitable sales to so-called fleet customers like rental car companies. But there's a, a pretty endemic problem in the world of automobiles. And they're a pretty big industry in the United States. Not as big as in the 60s and 70s, but still pretty big. Nike's doing something kind of interesting. Nike's a stock I own. They're launching a subscription service for kids called Nike Adventure Club. I don't know how I feel instantly, but Nike hints that there could be other services coming. And some people like sneakers like they like cars. They like the new car feel, they like the new sneaker feel. I'm not that guy. But allow parents to order shoes for their kids ages 2 to 10, either on a quarterly, bi monthly, or monthly basis. Paying monthly fees of 20 bucks, 30 bucks, or 50 bucks. And it allows you to shave off $10 per pair of Nike shoes purchased with the average kid's sneakers retailing about 60 bucks. Huh. That whole subscription thing, is it going too far? We get it for Netflix, we get it for Amazon, but do we need it for shoes? Kids burn through shoes. They rough up their shoes on the playground. They like new shoes. Hmm. You know, kids age three can go through two or three paradigms a week, a, year, a week, a year. that's that kid's growing if it's weekly. It's the Easy Kicks Club, huh? What do you think? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
0: Oh, you still know me in a year? Yeah.
2: Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's interesting, for years and years and years, we all wanted to own Netflix because it could do no wrong, and now it's kind of got the leprosy. It's like, don't go there, you are my fall off. And the person who looks best positioned to take it as a pure play is Roku. It's no longer a content play as much as it is the Wall Street always has an issue with this. Is it the roads or is it the content? Is it the toll to the car or is it the roads that be, are being built? Content versus is content king or the owners of the pipe king? Netflix has the most to lose right now because US is gonna add more streaming services in the United States. CBS is ramping theirs up, NBC Universal. Netflix is ramping still. HBO's got a, a big play coming. Disney has one this year. So that's five companies I just threw down, right? Then there's companies like Viacom who are kind of taking a wait and see by making their content available for ad competitors, companies that insert ads into their old content. Um, To think we know where the ecology is going to go, we don't. The streaming video company beat expectations on the top and bottom lines in the most recent quarter. With revenues of $250 million in the quarter. Roku. They got 36% of the connected homes. They're the arms dealer in theory. So again, I'm not telling you out to do this. I'm just saying it is what it is. I just do a show that talks about this stuff for you. Big event coming up this Friday. Income and retirement. Um, how much of An asset, how much of a pie do you need to give you pieces of pie until you die? How much of an asset do you need to give you a paycheck until you die? Right now, you probably have a boss that gives you a paycheck. Charles Schwab did a recent survey that said the average American thinks they need $1.7 million in their nest egg or in their pie. It's a nice pie you have. Why, thank Huge! that's a pretty good number if you average out age and median salary across the United States. But sadly, the most of Americans aren't going to get to that number. So 1.7 million, if you figure out that we do $60,000 a year in income on average, and you start doing the average age, let's say you're tired, 65, $60,000 will draw you down a million by 75. And it'll take care of the rest of it by the time you're 80. That doesn't sound horrific. That sounds about right. Keep in mind that Social Security is only going to cover a very small portion added on top of those round numbers that did not take into account inflation. And your healthcare costs can be greater than you expect. And your emergency situations are going to probably happen. I saw today it's going to get up to 108 degrees in the south. I'm like, whoa. That's an emergency situation when your air condition goes out and you're 75 years old, you die in 108 degrees. More than half people polled in the poll are contributing 10%. Of their salary to their four hundred one k, and that's the only way you're gonna the only where you're gonna make that one point seven million. People on general put in about eighty seven hundred dollars in their four hundred one k. It's not enough. You do eighty seven hundred. Can you live off like that per year? No. So let's say you're doing sixty thousand. That's gonna take you six years seven years of $8,700 contributions to get you your one year coming back. It's not enough of an acorn. You are going to work till you die. You got to start in your 20s. You got to do 10 to 15% of your salary each year and that should get you there. But if you don't start until age 45, you have to do 35% of your salary which is a goal very few people can ever do. Too many people expect to live reti- comfortably in retirement. It ain't going to happen. People, wake up! Fake news that you got a secure retirement. Fake news. I you not saying, what accent is that. I don't know. You're
0: fired. You're so, fired. You're fired.
2: Congress could pass some laws which would reform retirement. First major laws passed since 2006. Including the ability that's going to push back the required minimum distribution age for retirement accounts up to 72 from 70 and a half. Which basically means you can work longer before you tap your money. That's actually a good thing. If you have the ability to work. The long-term part-time workers participate in 401ks will make it easier for small business staff and plans to employees. That's ridiculous that we don't have easy access to retirement accounts. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You'll find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show.
1: my